Hello everyone, welcome back to Onik Shabbat. Today we'll be discussing Parashat Naso. Parashat Naso finishes the Minyan, but we start with the Minyan of the Levim. We finish the Minyan of the Levim. From here we move on to the Mitzvot. Now, Mitzvot and Sefer Bemidbar are very interesting because Sefer Veikra is a book of laws. Sefer Devarim is mostly a book of laws. Sefer Bemidbar is the only book where much has both in between. We have stories, laws, stories, laws, stories, and laws. Even in Sefer Shemot, we had Yitziat Mitzrayim, then we have the laws, the Binyan Mikdash, and then we have the ending. Binyan Mishkatsar, and then the ending. It seems to be each part to itself. Sefer Bemidbar has an interesting back and forth between stories and between laws. We have the laws here, and right afterwards we have Chanukat HaMishkan, the story of Chanukat HaMishkan. Parashat Be'alotcha includes both as well. I think this teaches us that in Sefer Bemidbar, the mitzvot are connected to the story, which means when we read the mitzvot, we have to A, read them for the mitzvah itself, to understand the mitzvah, to understand the laws of the mitzvah, the idea of the mitzvah, but you look at it in a bigger context to also understand how it fits in with the story, how it fits in with everything. Now, specifically in our parasha, the mitzvot, we find that first of all, what we call Asham Tishiluach Shiloch Atmeim, that's in Perek Hei, Pasuk Aleph, we see, Afterwards, we see the next second mitzvah is Asham Gzelot, the Sota, the Nazir, and Masaf Birkat Kohanim. So, Rabbi Nagos an interesting interpolation to why all these mitzvot have to do with here. And the connection to this and to the beginning and to the end afterwards is all, these are all results of Hashraat Shechina. As I mentioned last week, the Minyan could be a result of Hashraat Shechina. And we see right after these mitzvot, we have Chanukat HaMishkan. So then here, these parashot are here to show that the Mishkan has an effect on everyday life. It affects what happens if you steal from a person. It affects Tum'avitara, obviously. It affects a marriage. If a husband and wife get into a problem, they go to the Mikdash. It affects Nezirut. The Mishkan affects our entire life. It's not just a place of Korbanot. Now, what I want to focus on specifically is on the Mincha of the Sota, which is brought in the Mishkan. First of all, the fact that, the, that Hashem tells us in a case where a husband does not know to bring his wife to the Mishkan to find out what exactly happened is something very significant. It turns out, um, archaeologists have found that the Chitim had a similar process that they used to do if they were worried that one of the Kohanim stole holy bread, then they used to do a similar process of bringing it to the Mishkan to find out if he really stole it or didn't. Now, the motive here could show us, or the case, could show us a deep contrast. Hashem tells a person to bring his wife in order to bring Shlom Bait. Meaning, Gadol HaShalom, as Chazal says, SheNimchav Hashem Alamayim. That Hashem is willing to have His name, Nimchak from the Klaf, into the water for Shalom between Ish Ishto. Whereas according to the Goim, they have a similar procedure when someone is stealing from Hashem. In order to say that the only reason that God would intervene in such a way is for His own good. If someone were Ki'ilu stealing from His bread, then God would want to intervene inside the process. But Lokach Batorah. Shalom. The Torah says that when did Hashem intervene? Kedelavi Shalom. Ben Ish Le'ishto. That's the first thing I want to mention about the Sota. The thing they want to focus on is the Mincha of the Isha Sota. We see part of the process is that after he drinks the water and everything, it says, See, part of what she has here is a mincha, mincha tzorim, and the whole process of the mincha. But this mincha is very surprising, because it seems to be unnecessary. Manavshach. If she's really guilty, she's going to die. She's going to die from the Mayim HaMe'arim, why does she need a Korban Mincha? If she's not guilty, what is the point of the Korban? She doesn't need it because she didn't do it. The husband, Chashadba, he was suspicious for no reason. Why does she need to bring a Mincha? What is the point of this? So we went to Ralbag, right? The reason for this Mincha, it's for the husband. It's the husband's prayer 
that he will, that Hashem will help him solve this problem. He got into a problem, Hashem will help him solve it in one way or another. The problem with that, it says, if he takes, it seems to be from the woman. So what I think we could go in the direction based off of the Parshan Chizkuni, the Chizkuni says that this Mincha isn't about the Chet itself, about the Histatut, about the possibility of her actually being with another man. That, the water is there for. The water will decide what happened. But the idea is that this came from somewhere. Meaning, a sin isn't done by itself. A sin always comes from something, from a process that was before. There is no sin, such a severe sin, that comes out of nowhere. There were problems before. There were things that should have been taken care of and were not taken care of. And this is how we got to this terrible situation of the husband having to bring his wife to Bet HaMikdash. Which means the Mincha isn't just for the Chet, for the Histatut, isn't just for the suspicion. The Mincha is for the entire process up until now. For the problems, for the fight, for the unresolved issues. That's what the Mincha is there for. To realize and to teach us, looking from the side, reading from the Torah, to teach us that this isn't just one issue. This isn't just did she or did she not. There's something much deeper that needs atonement, and that's exactly where the Mincha of the Isha Sota comes in. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.